Praise God. We are children of God, aren't we? Isn't it wonderful? And we have a story to tell. This morning's message is about how important it is that we remember our past. We need to remember our past. You know, we can't really know who we are if we don't know from where we've come. And so having pointed that out, I want to share with you a commercial uh, message. Uh, I want to encourage you to become a part of one of our listing parties. I'm going to be hosting several listing parties in the library. Our first one will be this Sunday. And uh, I, actually, I guess I should say the next Sunday. It's October the 28th. And that will be at 4 p.m. in the library. So I want to encourage you to sign up. Uh, there are sign-up sheets in the back for you to uh, sign up for. And if, uh, if you prefer, you can also sign up uh, through the web page. But it's really important that we think about our history, that we revisit our history and our past. I want to hear your take on our history. And also we need to hear each other because each of us has a unique take. So I hope you'll sign up for one of the listing parties and share with me the ways in which God has been at work in your lives and through our church. Let's join together in prayer. Gracious God, indeed, we love to tell the story of Jesus and his love. God of the ages, your mighty acts of deliverance are promises of the future as well as memories from the past. Lord, forgive us when we forget how through the ages, through the years you have delivered, people who trusted in you, people like Abraham and Sarah, Moses and Miriam, Joseph and Mary, Peter and Paul. Dear God, sometimes when we compare our present experiences with the divine drama of history, we feel discouraged because we don't feel as delivered as those who were led through the wilderness. Lord, forgive us for letting our faith suffer to the point that we don't expect or even hope for your intervention in our undesirable situations. Lord, revive us today. Revive us with your spirit, with new expectations of your miraculous grace, that our faith may break forth into praise. And Lord, broaden our faith in your saving acts, that we might look eagerly for what is to come, just as surely as that which has been. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, to lose your memory and identity is a tragic experience. Memory is that mental faculty which not only connects us with our past, but also with the present and in some sense, the future. Now you might recall that last July, we observed Independence Day. We had public and private rituals that helped us to remember the values we're trying to preserve and those who preserved them. So, what memory from the past strengthens you to become a living reminder of that which is being preserved? Let me ask you another question. This might be a little bit easier. How many of you remember Bob Hope? Raise your hands. You remember Bob Hope? Okay, I see not many hands over here. Okay, let me tell you. Bob Hope was a famous actor, comedian, and film star of the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. Way before your time. I understand that. But you know, he was probably best known for the many USO shows that he did for the military during World War II, the Korean and Vietnam Wars. Now, 
Bob Hope used to always finish his shows with four words. Four words. Anybody remember what those four words were? All right, that's right. Thanks for the memories. Thanks for the memories. In fact, if you'll bear with me, he even used to sing them. You remember how it went? Thanks for the memories. Okay, I'm not the best singer in the world, but you get the idea. But you know, I borrowed those four words as the title for my message today. Why? Because we need to be thankful to God for all the memories we have of the many ways in which God has been at work in our lives and through our church. Do we remember? Do we remember? You know, Isaac Watts, in his great hymn, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, expresses this dynamic remembering back to the past to celebrate God's actions in the present and the future. This morning, I want to make three brief points on why it's important we remember our past. Let me repeat that. I want to make three brief points this morning on why it's important we remember our past. As usual, if you'd like to follow along, there's a sermon outline printed in your bulletin for your convenience. I encourage you to fill in the blanks, take it home, consider what God may be saying to you this week. Or if you prefer, you can follow along with a PowerPoint presentation. So let's begin with our first point on why it's important we remember our past. First of all, we are what we remember. First of all, we are what we remember. Now, while the past defers to the present and the future, it's not to be discarded. Only those who know their heritage can truly know who they are. In John Steinbeck's great novel, The Grapes of Wrath, a migrating Oki family is told not to waste precious packing space on photographs and other family memorabilia. One of the members of the family says, how will we know it's us without our past? How will we know it's us without our past? How indeed? We might very well ask ourselves that same question as a church. Our Old Testament reading from Deuteronomy chapter 26 verses 1 through 11 is one of the earliest known creeds of the people of Israel. It was recited as a creed to keep the people's memories of God's mighty acts in their history alive. By the way, what is history? What is history? It's a simple compound word. His story. His story. The divine story and the human response were never to be forgotten. They were never to be forgotten. You see, it reminded the people that they were not orphans. And our past heritage reminds us that we're not orphans but heirs of a great inheritance, as Peter tells us in 1 Peter. We have a great inheritance, and when we remember the ways in which God has been at work in our lives and our church, we are reminded of that inheritance that we have. It's a precious inheritance. And that inheritance is that Jesus Christ died for us and has given us a new life. Has given us a new life. And you know, part of the way in which that story was shared down, was it was passed on. It was communicated. 
It reminded the people of their past so that they would never be orphans. And we too are reminded that we're not orphans, but we're heirs of great inheritance. You see, we have a grand his story. We're a part of a long, ongoing story, and we need to keep the stories alive, for they, in a real sense, keep us alive. We are what we remember. We are what we remember. That brings us to the second point as to why it's important we remember our past. Second, memory invites us to participate in the present. Memory invites us to participate in the present. One of the great Jewish writers of our time, the late Elie Wiesel, tells us and taught us that memory not only connects us with our past, but also keeps us alive in the present. As the people of God, when we remember how God has acted in our past, we experience God in our present. We experience God in our present. Our collective memories can help guide us as a church. We not only draw from their strength, but also by not repeating their mistakes from the past. Think about that. You know, the famous historian George Santanena, and I know you've heard this quote before, put it this way. He, he pointed out that those who do not remember the lessons of history are condemned to repeat its mistakes. How many of you are familiar with that? Those who do not remember the lessons of history are condemned to repeat its mistakes. Do you remember one of the things that Big Brother did in George Orwell's novel 1984 was to wipe out all memory of the past? You see, once you convince people that they're strangers in a strange land and remove the past from them, you can then reprogram and control them because they've been stripped of the richness of past experiences. Without our memories of the past, we never really live or die. We simply exist. As Elie Wiesel said, memory is an exalted way of seeing one's life in its totality. It's not a morbid thing. Memory is an exalted way of seeing one's life in its totality. It's not a morbid thing. Folks, there's great power in memory. There's great power in memory. And we need to remember how God has been at work in our lives and through our church. We need to remember that. That brings us to the third and final point I want to make on why it's important we remember our past. Third and finally, memory propels us forward to claim the future. Memory propels us forward to claim the future. It's true. You know, the church is not a museum. It's not a museum. It's a mission base. And once we've been nurtured on why we are, what we are, and whose we are, we then launch out by allowing the wind of God to fill up our sails and carry us to our next destination on the journey. The fertile soil of the past helps us to dream dreams and to claim the vision in our own time. Only when our past reaches forward can it deliver us from our self-centeredness, when it connects us to that sacred story of the community of faith. The story of Jesus and his love. The story of Jesus and his love. And you know, that story helps broaden our vision and it enriches our understanding. Rabbi Harold Kushner wrote a powerful story that says it well. And I want to close with this story. I want you to listen very carefully to this story. A young man meets and falls in love with a beautiful young lady. 
He asks her to marry him, and she agrees. But there's something very peculiar about this young lady. She's not of this world. She's from outside the solar system. And so she asks if she can go home one more time before they set up their home here. And he agrees. Now when she comes back, she has with her a rather large box. And she says, we'll get married and I'll live here. But this box must remain in our home and you must never look in it. This box must remain in our home and you must never look in it. He says, that's okay. No problem there. That's okay, no problem there. Well, the days went by and you know what happened. One day she was away from the house for a long time and he was there by himself. The box kept saying, come and look. Come and look. Come and look. He went over to the box and got enough nerve to open it up. He felt he had to know what was inside. But when he opened the top and looked in, it was empty. It was empty. And that made him very angry. When she finally came in, he said to her, you told me not to look into the box. The box seemed to be special to you. I made a special place in our home for it. But then when I opened the top and looked in, it was absolutely empty. How could you pull a fraud like that on me? How could you pull a fraud like that on me? Tears began streaming down her face. You missed the whole point, she said. You remember when I went to my home planet to, and came with a box? I went to get this very special box and filled it with the aromas of the crops and the homes and the aromas of the people in the streets. All of them are in this box. And when I get terribly homesick, I go and breathe deeply of the memories that are in that box. Now you've called what's very special to me profane. Now you've called what's very special to me profane. Folks, what does this have to do with us? Simply this. Memory is a powerful perfume from the past by which we continue our connection with God's saving acts in history. I pray that we'll not let ourselves or others forget what God has done is doing and wants to do through us. Let's not take what's special, sacred, and holy and call it profane. In the next few weeks, as we look at our history as a church, let's learn from our mistakes and celebrate what God has done, what God is doing, and what God wants to do here at First United Methodist Church of Carrollton. Well, in conclusion, memory invites us to participate in the present and propels us forward to claim the future. We are what we remember. Memory invites us to participate in the present and propels us forward to claim the future. We are what we remember. Whoever has the ears to hear, let that one hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen. As the band comes forward... I want to extend a little bit different invitation to you today. We've been singing, and I've been sharing with you the importance of memory. 
of remembering that wondrous story of Jesus and his love, of remembering the many ways in which Christ has been at work in our lives and in our church. And so I want to extend an invitation to you to sign up for one of the listening parties. I want to hear from you, and we need to hear from each other. The people of God need to come together and share that story. You've got a story to share about your church and the ways in which God has been at work. And it hasn't always been easy. You've been through some tough times as a church. But throughout all those difficulties, Christ has always been there with you. And we need to share that. We need to remember that. Just as the Israelites remembered how God had delivered them from Egypt and led them to a new land, a land flowing with milk and honey. You've got a story to share, a story to tell. And I want to encourage you to do so by signing up for those listening parties. Now, if there's someone here visiting, and maybe you don't know about that story. Maybe you've been looking at it from the outside. Or you've heard other people share it, but it's not your story. Well, that story can become yours today. Jesus Christ, the resurrected Christ, is here with us. And his story can become your story. His good news can turn your bad news into good news. So if there's anyone here who doesn't know Christ, you don't have that relationship with him where he's your friend, where you talk to him every day, I invite you to come forward to experience him, to have him change and transform your life so that your story becomes his story. He changes your story. And if any of you have any prayer concerns or you're being weighed down by a prayer burden, I invite you to come forward to pray as the band leads us in singing. One other thing, I need to mention this. If there's anyone here visiting and you'd like to become a part of our church family here, you can join our church family by profession of your faith in Christ or by transfer a letter from another congregation. You can come forward and do so today as the band leads us.